The Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bets today. We're also brought to you by IP Vanish. IP Vanish is the official VPN of SGPN, and they're offering 70% off if you go to IPVanish.com backslash SGP. That's IPVanish.com backslash SGP. And make sure to check out our new Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat out bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. And welcome into the Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me today is Will Rivera, another SGP MVP himself. Today we're going to be talking about undervalued players based on their ADP. How are we doing this Sunday, Will? Good, man. Listen, we finally made it to the uh, to the last week. Uh, several, several months of no football, man. I hated it. I actually still hate it here. But, you know, August, August 4th is rolling around, so we're going to have uh, – First preseason game. Looking forward to that. There's going to be a lot of uh, new players and new places, and uh, looking forward to this, man. So already completed like six drafts. I don't know how many you've nice. done already, man, but um, it seems like the slow drafts. I'm actually in the slowest of all slowest drafts. I'm still actually going through one right now, and it's been like four and a half weeks. Four and a half weeks. So wow. that's what I'm doing. How many right. rounds? Um, just 21 rounds, man. 21 wow. rounds. But it seems like people are definitely trying to maximize that time. You know, I think um, people are trying to compete who could take the longest, unfortunately. So <laughs> been doing a lot of um, been doing a lot of pre-drafts and a lot of um, a lot of pre-drafts and that's awesome in, in my team, man. So we'll see how's everything on, on your on your end. Doing great, doing great. Uh, a lot of drafts already uh, taken off. I think I have about seven or eight already ready to go. I have one or two left, so obviously filling up the gaps there. And yeah, super excited for this Thursday. We have uh, preseason football, the Hall of Fame game. We've got uh, the Jags and the Raiders. That's going to be a lot of fun. I always feel like that first preseason game, there's like all this excitement. There's all this buildup. And then that first series happens. And then they bring in the backups and then just like that slow decline into halftime, you know, and in the third quarter, your eyes are, are looking up a little bit less than they were in the first half, you know? So I'm, I'm interested to see who's going to be, uh, who's going to be filling in there. You know, are we going to see some Nick Mullins or we're going to see some uh, Jared Stidham out of, out of the Raiders. And uh, you know, obviously we have a huge amount of uh, talent coming out of the Jags. It's like so deep there. Everybody's talking about, you know, like Christian Kirk and the, the Joneses, you know, Zay and Marvin Jones and ETN. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, like, how those guys actually, uh, you know, get to go out there and play. Like, are, the, are any of those guys going to be available or is it just going to be all the roster cloggers and guys trying to, you know, make the cut? So going to be interesting. Very excited about it. We're going to dive right in here to our uh, our topic of the show. We're doing undervalued players based on ADP. We're going to go through a couple of examples at each each position. So let's start off right with the quarterback position. Will, who is your first undervalued candidate at the uh, quarterback position? And not not so much very undervalued, but I, I have to move him up uh, quite a bit, and that's going to be Russell Wilson. You know, okay, um, he, he's made this infamous. I already seen the last couple of days. Uh, co- some college players have, uh, you know, to try to replicate it. Let's ride, right? Let's so ride. right now, right now, he's been uh, drafted at a QB nine, but I got him as my QB five, right? Just uh, just you have to take into account what he's done in Seattle. Also, the way mm-hmm. that I think um, it's self-sabotaged by Pete Carroll, not wanting to utilize his um, his, his full strengths. I think he's going to be in a, he, he, he is in a much, much better situation out there in Denver. Also, um, just think about it. He could go out there and, and, and get outside the pocket, not only run, but then also be in a great position um, to throw the ball, uh, move, and just for the simple fact that he has that baseball background. So he's going to mm-hmm. do him very well. Um, so I got him as my QB five right now. Um, definitely have him there, and I think he's going to be able to prevail in that situation. Okay, yeah, I have him backed up uh, a bit more. I think I have him. Well, he was drafted at quarterback nine. I actually have him at thirteen. So I'm a little bit lower on him than yourself. But I do have to say that the roster around him is—I wouldn't say light years better, but it's quite a bit better. You know, in in um in total, right? Like when you look at running back, receiver, tight end, the offense in general. There's a better offensive line. He has more reliable runners in Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. 
You know, the receiver situation, I feel like it's a little bit of a downgrade. Like I like Cortland Sutton, but I like what we've seen out of DK Metcalf the past couple of years. And then same thing with like Jerry Judy versus Tyler Lockett. Like Judy could be that guy, maybe even after, after this year with Wilson, but he hasn't just like had that, that same level of reliability. You know, Tyler Lockett still went over a thousand receiving yards last year with as bad as the Seahawks were, right? Um, and then Albert Okubanam, who I just absolutely love uh, playing alongside Russell Wilson. He's got a lot of great weapons, so I like his upside. Um, I feel like he's more appropriately um, valued, but, I mean, if you're willing to take a shot at him, uh, I, I really can't hate on it. That Russell Wilson's been a great quarterback in the league uh, for, for many, many years. Uh, so you're saying he's got that, like, top five potential. What type of, uh, like, stat thresholds are you uh, anticipating from him this season? Man, so, again, like you said, you did it first of all i just have to uh give kudos to you you did a great job with uh being able to pronounce uh, albert's uh, last name <laughs> i just have him down as albert o or maybe a o oh. just dependent yeah o just dependent i'm not gonna take a stab at his name probably until like week eight we'll see how that goes I that's a see. Uh, that's a similar sentiment that i've heard so i wouldn't be too worried about it like ah, eh, you know yeah that nice try, nice job try hard you know good luck pronouncing them letters <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, like, you know, I, I could definitely see he's going to definitely have um, two receivers hitting over, going over a thousand receiving yards. I mean, you got, okay. you, you mentioned Lockett, right? And I just mm -hmm. think that had any other quarterback in that, been in that position in Seattle, I don't think Lockett's going to have the numbers that he had, right? So, sure. you know, kudos to Lockett, but I think more so that was uh, Russell Wilson's doing and also um, mm -hmm. speed, right? You can't teach speed. Jerry Judy, I mean, I mean, this guy's proven. He's uh, comes from a um, championship caliber back in his Alabama days. I think right. that uh, a lot of times, if you looked at some of the drop passes, yeah, it, it was his fault. But then again, I mean, the, the quarterbacks that they had there in Denver the last couple of years um, weren't doing any any favors for Judy. So mm -hmm. I, I definitely think that you could have um, a, a mixture of not only uh, Sutton out there, Cortland Sutton and, and Jerry Judy doing his thing, but then also uh, Javante Williams and, and Melvin Gordon coming out the backfield, um, making things happen, you know, um, out the running game. So again, he has a lot of weapons. I mean, you're looking at about a three to mm -hmm. four like consistent consistent receivers out there catching the ball from russell wilson and again even if he's um able to come out the backfield and run he's going to be doing it so i'm going to be looking at that also not only fantasy wise but um, prop wise as well i'm going to be i'm um, taking a look at, at his weekly prop numbers um for both uh, rushing and passing on a weekly basis and trying to um get get down on that yeah, like I said, it's it's a little bit of higher value for me, but if he's one of your guys, you got to go out and get him. And he's absolutely being undervalued for for your ranking for sure. So you know, if he falls to you, that's a great situation because more than likely you won't have to spend that draft stock on him as your quarterback five. So if you're that high on him, you're getting immense value. Uh, my first guy up is Matthew Stafford. He's being drafted as quarterback thirteen, and he's my quarterback nine. So it's it's really not that far off. But this is a guy that finished as a QB5 last year. He put up over 4,800 passing yards, 41 passing touchdowns. He did have 17 interceptions, but about seven of them came in like the last three weeks of the season. So, you know, you got to kind of take that with a grain of salt, right? But I love the situation again this year. Obviously, you have Cooper Cup still there. He had like 190 plus targets, 145 catches. He's going to be an absolute weapon in this offense uh, this this upcoming season. You bring in Allen Robinson. I think that's a great opportunity from him. Uh, we're going to be talking about him in the wide receiver position. Um, they have Van Jefferson there. He's going get, to get much better. And for Stafford's uh, points, they may also bring back Odell Beckham Jr. We're really not sure what they're going to do there. They've talked about it a little bit, uh, but no indications where OBJ is going to fall. Do you see Matthew Stafford being able to replicate this production from last year? Do you think that's, that's, um, that's capable? Not only replicate it, but I think he's going to exceed it, right? I mean, you got to think about it. Uh, Robert Woods went out early, right? Um, Cooper mm -hmm. Cup is Cooper Cup. Now, was that an anonymously um, last year as far as like a Cooper Cup's uh, stats? Maybe. But again, um, Allen Robinson, I think, is, is a much bigger upgrade um, from from Robert Woods. He's a big body. He's also somebody that can make immaculate catches out there. If they do mm -hmm. bring back um, OBJ, which is one of my favorite players, you know, being a diehard Giants fan, um, I see him coming into the league. I think he's going to do great things. And then Van Jefferson, again, and Stafford, um, you know, he's been one of those players that I, I followed not only when he was in college back at UGA, but then also in Detroit. Didn't have a lot of success there, but I knew that once he um, got over to, 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 a, to a decent team, 
and you know being being uh, with the Rams, not only a decent team, but they were able to do their their, their thing and then win the the Super Bowl. I think he's going to be able to, to to eclipse that. So he finished last year with forty eight hundred, close to forty nine hundred yards. I think he he gets over the five thousand yards this this season, and I wouldn't be surprised if he if he um, ex, um surpasses that number of forty one touchdowns or about like forty five to forty seven touchdowns this year. Ooh. That would be that would be amazing. He actually tied his career high for passing touchdowns from 2011. Passed for 41 last year and back in four, or 2011, excuse me. I believe that was the year that uh, Calvin Johnson had broken the receiving record. And then you had Cooper Cup come pretty close last year. I think he fell like just short of it. Um, so something in common there, Matthew Stafford carrying the two, uh, you know highest receiver uh, totals from a a regular season that's pretty impressive and yeah another year in Sean McVay's offense we have to expect you know some level of improvement I'm hoping obviously for regression in the interceptions I hope they can kind of clean that up by maybe balancing things out with the run game obviously we saw Cam Akers missing for uh, a majority of last season so they were constantly trying to find their identity on the ground Uh, but Stafford and Cup were just constantly there to keep moving the chains keeping the offense on the field so yeah in this system you just really have to like what Matthew Stafford can offer and getting him in quarterback two territory, you know, in an 18 round super flex league, I, I feel like that's golden. I believe in this most recent mock that we saw, you know, kind of breaking down the round where he was drafted. He was drafted in the middle of round six, just ahead of Aaron Rodgers and Justin Fields. That Fields is pick is a bit of a mistake. I feel like um, before him cousins, Dak, uh, let's see. Trey Lance, who I would probably still have after Stafford in a redraft format, understand it in Dynasty, but in redraft, I would have Stafford ahead of him. Uh, but other than that, it feels like it's really not that far off for my ranking. But I still feel like I, when I'm in my drafts, I'm seeing him go at a discount. Like I'm seeing him go at a very, very appealing price. So I want to get everything that I can on him, you know, while that's still going, you know, while I can get him in whatever round six round seven I'll I'll take him in round five of you know in this format because if I'm taking a starting quarterback there I've probably loaded up somewhere between round, rounds two and four on positional talent right so I feel like that's a very very good situation uh we've got a couple of examples left here at the quarterback position what which direction you want to go here with our last two options Man, listen, Joey B. I, I mean, this is the, the disrespect again. He he's being drafted right now to, as a QB eight, but you gotta mm-hmm. have him as um right there, right behind Mahomes, right? Think about this. They as soon as that Super Bowl was over, they already um addressed the offensive line. The guy mm-hmm. was sacked like nine times one of those playoff games and still managed to do pretty well and win the game, right? So they made some tweaks to the offensive line. I think that was missing. We all obviously know the weapons that he has in um in Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Now I have heard some rumblings. I'm gonna I'm gonna want to get your take on this, but people were saying, how about if T. Higgins is the um wide receiver one out there in Cincinnati? <laughs> I think that's probably just a, like clickbait. Yeah. You know, listen, that's yeah, yeah, clickbait, yeah. right? Because I mean, you're talking about Jamar Chase. He didn't even step on the field his senior year of uh, of college at LSU and was still to, um, was able to come into the league and be a problem and still is going to be a problem coming up. And I think that the Madden rating is also going to um, give him an extra um, motivation this year, right. and rightfully so. But I like um, I like Joey B being my QB4. I mean, you're talking about right behind, right behind Mahomes, man, because mm-hmm. he has the weapons there. And then obviously, like I said, I mean, um, this is going to be – you know, he's he's entering uh, his, his, his uh, third season as the uh, – uh, the quarterback for mm-hmm. for the Bengals, and he's going to be in, in that situation in the offense. So obviously he knows the ins and outs, and he has the weapons there, and they address the offensive line, which is pretty much like the last uh, the last thing that they needed to address for him to be successful in that offense. I'm right there with you. He's my quarterback three, so I'll double down on that. I have him behind Mahomes, Allen, and I do have Justin Herbert behind him because I feel like you know when you're comparing those two offenses. I like the the passing offense for the Bengals a little bit more. Like I feel like they're more inclined to have um, more higher passing volume, whereas the Chargers are really going to try to get things going with Eckler on the ground, Isaiah Spiller, and et cetera, right? Like they're a little bit more committed to the ground game, I feel like, whereas the Bengals, they're going to be competing in a really tough division, and they're maybe not necessarily always going to be up, but they'll be in more competitive games where I see like the Chargers getting into like, you know, maybe a few more blowout situations. And I also like the Chargers defense a little bit more as well. So they may, you know, be able to, you know, have a little bit more of a tired offense that tries to, you know, put the ball on the ground a little bit more. So I'm right there with you. I'm I'm right there with Joey B. Um, and I bet on the Bengals to win every single game in the playoffs worked out until the Super Bowl. So I have a small <laughs> little favoritism there too. So I, I've been, uh, I've been on that Bengals hype train for a bit, but 
I'm also a Bears fan, so it's like really tough. Like you know, when you see like you know that like that underdog team come up from the depths of the bo- of the of the bottom of the NFL, like that that stuff. I'm just always going to get behind. So yeah, right right there with you with Joey B. Um, my last guy that I had on here, we'll just kind of breeze through him. Derek Carr. Yeah, I have him getting drafted a tier behind my ranking. I have him at quarterback eleven. He's at quarterback sixteen. He just has a ton of chemistry with every pass catcher on his team. Uh, been been there four years with Renfro, five with Waller. Has like a lifetime friendship relationship with Devonte Adams, who they traded for. They have a new coach in Josh McDaniels. Like I think that's a pretty simple one. Uh, if you're getting him anywhere, quarterback twelve to fifteen or sixteen, I feel like that's a steal. What do you think? No, absolutely. But I mean, more so like getting off the uh, the Derek Carr train, you got to look at the weapon that they added, Devontae, Devontae Adams, right? Right. And, and like like you said, you know, this is this is verbatim. He said when you're going from one Hall of Famer to another Hall of Famer, right? And they got that chemistry going back to Fresno State in their college days. So I think that's going to be pretty, pretty um easy to, to get that connection going, probably um easier than any other uh, quarterback and wide receiver duel in the league, especially since they had that history playing in college. And I think that, you know, as soon as that um that connection was made and that trade was made, they, they got to work. So I mm-hmm. trust in Derek Carr. Derek Carr was um, missing out a, a couple of, uh, of opportunities last year. And I think oh, that yeah. the, the uh, you know, the addition of, of Devontae Adams is going to be major this year. So I'm looking mm-hmm. for him to definitely surpass uh, the, the 4,800 yards that he, he had last year um, and the 25 touchdowns. So again, I'm looking for him to have probably like 51 of 52 uh throwing yards as well as uh, over mm. 25 touchdowns for this year. All right. Right on, right on. Sounds like we're both in agreement there. Going to have a solid year. All right. Let's move over to the running back position. Uh, my first guy up I have is Elijah Mitchell. Uh, he's being drafted at running back 24 as a rookie. Will he finished as RB 26 and he only played 11 games. He had 1100 all purpose yards and 11 games played, meaning that if he had played, the full schedule, if he played 17 games, you're talking running back two through five at worst. You know, obviously, maybe the, the averages come down a little bit, right? But averaging 100 all-purpose yards per game as a rookie in an, in an offense that really circulates the running back position with the 49ers, this was super impressive. And the, to get him where he finished last year with at only 11 games, like we're not drafting players expecting them only to play 10 to 12 nine or eight games, you know, we're expecting these guys, you know, when we're drafting them, like they're going to be available. Right. So why is he just so available in in the depths of our drafts here? Like, I don't understand how like this calculation isn't being made. Even if he had, let's say a 20% reduction in, um, uh, in production, you're looking at 80 yards per game, looking at 80 yards per game by 17 games. You're looking at almost 1400 all purpose yards. That's Nick Chubb. That's Joe Mixon. That's Dalvin cook. That's round one talent. What are people missing here, Will? Now, listen, you're 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 high on um, uh, San Francisco uh, running backs. I don't trust mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan. I mean, this guy. He, I, I just think that, with the exception of Trey Sermon, I just think that he wants to get all his running backs involved. I don't like mm-hmm. that. Um, but he did have great numbers. So at the value that you're getting them, I mean, but you're pretty much like cutting that in half, right? Because he's drafted right now at a RB twenty-four. You got him as your RB twelve. That's um. You know, that's having a lot of faith in him, right? That is having a lot of faith. But then again, I just think that that Kyle Shanahan, I I just don't trust him because it's just one of those Mm -hmm. things like you got to leave that guy in there. And I just think that he likes to, he loves to have like two or three running backs involved all the time in that offense. So, and and especially now, you don't know what's going to happen with Trey Lance, right? Because Trey Lance is Mm -hmm. a very, very different quarterback than than Jimmy Garoppolo. So he's going to be able to get out the pocket and run. Right. So I think that's going to take away not only touches, but then also opportunities for any running back in, in that offense. So I'm staying away right. from every um, every uh, San Francisco running back. I haven't touched any of them in, in any of the fantasy drafts that, that, I, that I've had just for the simple fact that Kyle Shanahan, I just can't trust him when it comes to running backs. And I love that narrative because that is the exact narrative that gets me Elijah Mitchell in the eighth round. <laughs> that That is exactly how I get that value. So in my Scott Fishbowl draft, I started off at 102 with Jonathan Taylor. I didn't draft another running back until round eight with Elijah Mitchell at running back 24, exactly where we got him in this last mock draft. So 
folks, keep letting him hang around for me. I don't mind whatsoever. He's someone that I'm incredibly high on um, to kind of go on top of like what you had mentioned, like the potential drawbacks. Like, obviously, I'm aware of that like Shanahan likes to use multiple running backs. When I'm looking at, you know, the talent around him, I just see him as the best perceived talent, like the, the guy that they can trust. Right. Especially when you're talking about a potentially inexperienced quarterback, someone that hasn't, you know, had a ton of uh, snaps in the NFL and, you know, this wasn't someone that they absolutely trusted last season either. Like Trey Lance, they would put him on the field. They would build packages for him. But there was still that hesitation to say, like, you know, this is our guy. Like, we trust him to, like, close out the season for us or to be that guy. Now they're all in on him. They're, but I still think that this is an offense that will protect the quarterback. We saw Jimmy Garoppolo go to the Super Bowl making, what, seven, eight, nine passing attempts and then an NFC Championship game up against the, the Packers. If they don't have to, they, will, they won't overuse or overexpose their quarterback. So I like Elijah Mitchell to kind of be that bridge, you know, to kind of help de develop Trey Lance and not really lean on him as much. And to your point about these other guys like Jeff Wilson, Tyrion Davis-Price, not Trey Sermon, you know, bottom of the list for sure. Uh, I do think that they will have a role. They, they will be on the field. It's just that I think we'll see a little bit less usage of Debo Samuel at the running back position because they don't need to overexpose him there to get taking all that hit, all those hits, all of that action up the middle. And last year, there was a ton of injuries. We saw Elijah Mitchell go down late. You know, you saw Debo getting used as like literally their RB one at times. Um, Jeff Wilson, he's in that mix. He's also had injury history. I like Tyrion Davis price and like dynasty formats, but I don't know if he's really on many people's radar in redraft. So yeah, I, I absolutely love Elijah Mitchell there. Like I said, he finishes out the year on that same pace. You're talking about the top five quarterback and it is still a system. Like we still have to kind of respect the system. Like he is the lead running back on a offense that has been top five in points in three consecutive years, you know, like that's a good situation to be involved with. So love his discounted price. And Hey, I don't hate on the narrative. Like it's, it's a revolving door. And because of that, and all these other uh, points that we're making, you can get them at a cheaper cost. So definitely someone that I love. Uh, who is one of your candidates at the running back position? Well, who is one of your guys that is uh, getting a little bit disrespected in drafts? All right. Again, it's not far off because he's not being drafted that, that late. Right. Mm -hmm. But still being disrespected right because you have to take everything into account so if you're looking at aaron jones right now he's being drafted as the rb10 i got him as my rb4 listen Devontae wow. adams is gone so who's gonna who's gonna be the the recipient of some of those uh receptions it's gonna be aaron jones mm -hmm. who aaron jones again last year he finished with 391 reception yards and six re receiving touchdowns so i think he's mm -hmm. gonna he's, he's gonna eclipse over 500 receiving yards out the backfield because that's just somebody that aaron Rodgers trusts and in, in not right. only in the running game, but also in the passing game. And we know how, how Aaron Rodgers is, man. When 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 he doesn't get – when one of his uh, receivers drops the pass, I mean, you could pretty much count them out for, for catching – getting even getting another look throughout the game. So I like mm -hmm. Aaron Jones as my RB4 going from uh, being drafted right now as the RB10. Again, might be a little um, uh, very optimistic, but that's just where I like him right now, man. It is right behind like some of the, the big juggernauts. As obviously, um, mm -hmm. JT is number one, but after that, you got to take a look at uh, Aaron Jones as being your number four, especially that offense with losing right. like um, one of the, the the best receivers on that team. I definitely see him having the potential to get a lot of targets. Uh, everyone keeps talking about Aaron Rodgers and his receivers. Aaron Rodgers kind of going with the back and forth between him and Devontae Adams, you know, going from one Hall of Famer to another, all that jazz, right? Um, four top five is a bit rich for me just because I still feel like A.J. Dillon is going to be, you know, taking away those touchdown opportunities in the red zone. So it's a little bit tougher for me for some of these other guys. Like, you know, like I, I couldn't take Derrick Henry um, – uh, or I couldn't take Aaron Jones, I'm sorry, over Derrick Henry. I'd still be really high on Joe Mixon, Eckler, kind of for the same reasons, you know, the 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 target share and like PPR, right? But at the same time, I still think those guys have higher touchdown percentage opportunities, you know, as, as long as they're obviously not getting hurt and missing a lot of time, you know, with any running back, that's going to be the case. Uh, but I feel like these guys could finish more so in the red zone, whereas, yeah, you know, Jones will be used more as a receiver because they have to fill out that need. They have to move the ball. Um, and he is a reliable target. Him and him and Rogers have been playing together for a minute, but at the same time, you may not see as many as many touchdowns. And you're going to need to need those to come home for for running back ones. Um, Listen, just being see. a little biased. I mean, I, a couple of years ago, sure. I won my my fantasy um, championship, my fantasy league because of Aaron Jones. Mm -hmm. So I just got to I got to ride out the wave, man. I got to ride out the wave until it doesn't work anymore. Well, if you have if you're that high on them, you're definitely getting them at a discount. Definitely someone that's going to fall to you. You know where where you stand with them. Um, 
Next guy up we have is David Montgomery. This is another really quick one for me. Like I just feel like David Montgomery is going to be a focal point in the offense for the Bears. They don't have a lot of playmakers. You know, you're looking at Mooney, Cole Komet, David Montgomery. David Montgomery is the guy of that mix that has taken just the most volume. He was on pace for almost close to 300 touches last year. Um, not sure what his total was. I think it was like 245 or 225. He missed some time, um, but he was on pace for a career year. The numbers were there. He's been the leading te- leading rusher the past three seasons, and they really just don't have many playmakers. Like I think what's going to be the you know the offensive focus here is to really open up the field with some of these roster cloggers like Bayless Jones, Aquamia St. Brown, Byron Pringle, and try to use uh, Montgomery and Mooney and Cole Komet for just like these easy, quick-hitting routes like underneath, right? Get some of these roster-clogger guys to open up space down the field, and maybe you can find some guys, you know, that you're hitting open, you know, like Montgomery, Herbert, uh, Komet, and Mooney. Uh, Otherwise, I really just don't know where the production is going to come from on this offense. He is in a contract year. I really don't expect him to leave. I feel like the the Bears are going to re-sign him, Um, but I feel like he's in line for, uh, you know, another year of career work. What do you think about Montgomery? Now, listen, Justin, I, I know you're a Bears fan. I know you're a Bears fan, and I don't have a lot of room to talk because I'm a diehard Giants fan, and we've been struggling as of late as well. But um, I'm just taking a pass on every Bears uh, player as well. Um, you know, by the fall, yes, but I just think especially this year, um, especially mm-hmm. what happened after draft. Let's just touch on the draft. You guys did, did, didn't do Justin Fields any favor with any help. So I just think that you guys are going to have to, especially this season, going to have to abandon the run very early because you're going to fall behind in a lot of games by at least uh, two scores. So I think mm-hmm. that Montgomery may, may be out of the um, out of the game plan by by halftime. So I'm not I'm not big on on uh, on Montgomery, and I think that he's actually being drafted too high as a, a running back 19. I think he mm. should be like in the in the in, in the low to mid 20s. Myself, mm. that's just me personally speaking. Again, sure. I'm taking a pass on Montgomery, and I just think that mm. based on everything that happened, um, you know, dating back to the draft, and you guys not not addressing any of the issues, you guys lost uh, Allen Robinson, right? Now you guys, well, got that, that, Brian that was going to happen for sure. That that was no question going to happen. Yeah. So I just, th- I just don't think, you know, addressing that, uh, the, the receiver, uh, mm. room and, and, and adding any help there, you guys did get Brian Pringle from, uh, from Kansas city, but you know, it's uh, definitely not, not a Allen Robinson kind of player. And I just think that you guys are going to have to get off of David Montgomery, uh, very early on. And, and also again, Justin Fields can do things with his legs. So I think that's going to also, mm. uh, affect David Montgomery and his uh, his production this year. Yeah, those those critiques are fair. I mean, it was a very poor offseason for the Bears. You know, the the narrative is is that they're going to really attack next year when they have just like a massive un- amount of uh, cap space. Uh, we did make some low key moves on the offensive line, and again, like to a lot of the points that you said, I can understand why they're like they're they're bad narratives or they're they're bad reasons to take you know some of these players. But in those situations, I want David Montgomery because more than likely. He'll get those targets when they're down. You know, he'll he'll get a little bit more usage in the passing game. Now, if it was Darnell Mooney, I would definitely be, understand even more because you know he's a guy that just he got a lot of volume, but because of the inefficiencies of the offense, he didn't have the, as much production as, as he could have had. Like he had 80 catches on 140 targets. Like there was a lot left on the table there, right? So I can understand that. But from the perspective of David Montgomery and even Khalil Herbert, because I feel like there's going to be a lot of times where they're used together, I feel like those guys can be trusted more so, especially just from like a week-to-week standpoint, like when we're talking props and like DFS, like you're going to have higher confidence in those guys, and they'll also cost you a a bit more as well. But at the same time, I feel like even in those negative game flows, they're going to be able to bring home some production for you in fantasy because they're just going to have to, you know, again – chuck it right they're going to have to try to move the ball somehow and those easy targets out of the backfield you know even if they don't go very far you're going to get those catches so for that that's that's why i have them that high um and i have them at rb12 mostly just because of the the, you know the rushing volume um in the previous seasons we had 225 last year on 13 games 247 on 15 games and 242 in 2019 on 16 games so that that volume at that draft stock i feel like is is quite respectable just because he's going to get those carries he's going to get the ball on the ground so for that i have him at uh, rb12 uh let's split these or this last one here we've got uh, travis etn uh he is your rb10 talk talk him up a bit 
I know he didn't see the, the, the data light last year because he got injured prior to the season starting. But I mean, again, if you're mm-hmm. going back to that that chemistry that he's going to have with a uh, with, with Lawrence, um, mm-hmm. dating back to their days in Clemson, also being able to catch the ball out the backfield, um, being a proven player. So if he stays healthy, I definitely think he's going to be he's going to be one of the main offensive players on that team. They did have the addition of Christian Kirk out there, but you know, um, Evan Ingram is now um, part of the team and, and he's mm-hmm. uh, been consistent with dropping passes. So I think that they're going to be <laughs> abandoning um, looking at him. I um, mean, rightfully mm-hmm. so, because again, he's, he's been very, very consistent since he's been in the league and dropping passes, wide open passes at that. So, um, you know, when, when I'm looking at some of these videos uh, that does bring a smile to my face, because I'm like, okay, it wasn't a Giants thing. It's a youth thing, right? <laughs> so I, I like I like Travis at ETN. Um, you know, the, the rumblings out there coming out of Jacksonville is that he's doing pretty well in, in training right. camp. So I think, uh, again, barring any injuries, I, I do see him being a, a top wide receiver. Right now he's being drafted at um, RB21, but I like him as my, um, rounding out the top 10 right there as an RB10, in my opinion. So I, I look for him mm-hmm. to have um, a big, big season for the Jaguars. And even if they're down in games, but sometimes they they, they, they were competitive throughout four quarters. So he's going to be um, in the mix, not only in the game plan, but then also, like I said, coming out the backfield and getting some passes thrown uh, from Trevor Lawrence. Right, right. I'm not as high on him as some, but as of recently, since the James Robinson news come out that he's looking healthier, I like what it's doing to his draft stock. So we saw him go, I believe, in what was it, round uh, five? Yeah, he went round five. He's been going in rounds three and four in super flex formats, which I could not get behind. He, <laughs> I saw your hand go up. <laughs> I had him as a candidate as my overdraft last week uh, when we did the overdraft show because he was going in rounds three and four. And I'm like, you know, an 18 round super flex, like that's a little bit rich, you know, like you may have already drafted two quarterbacks and he's your first positional player. Like, I feel like you're exposing yourself to a little bit of risk with that approach. But now since I've seen the Robinson news roll out, he's coming off the board at least, you know, a round or two later. So I can get behind that. Like I like drafting him in rounds five or six before that in like super flex leagues i'm a little bit more hesitant because again i I don't want to expose myself to a ton of risk and if he's my first positional player after i've drafted a couple of quarterbacks i feel like that's the exact situation i'm in so i love his stock now a couple weeks ago it wasn't wasn't the case i i do like that you know you get that little bit of news out of camp and someone starts moving you know either up or backwards and it's a good thing for uh you know people looking for the discount so i feel like I don't know if he's discounted right now. I'd say he's, he's probably appropriately valued where he's at, and I would feel okay take him in in the fifth or sixth round as like my second wide receiver or my or I'm sorry my first my second running back or you know my first running back after a couple of receivers and a quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. But listen, in my defense, um, I had to draft him in the third round in the Scott Fishbowl because uh, it, it, apparently it, it felt like, uh, and he was my, and he he went as the RB fourteen, right? But mm-hmm. apparently it was just like there was no other position that was being drafted, and so I just had to get my guy. I had to get my guy, and I couldn't wait for another round because, um, you know, I was like, you know, I, I could have been stuck with, let's say, David Montgomery, and I didn't want that oh, to happen. Hey. So I, I had to, I had to draft my guy when it came to me. Hey, fair enough, fair enough. You got to go out and get your dudes. That's the the whole point of fantasy football, and calculated risks are all a part of that. All right, we're going to have a short break here while we hit a word from the sponsors, and we'll be right back with the wide receiver position. Make sure to get down on wins bet 50 to win 200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Also, be sure to check out the ultimate fantasy football experience. If you bet $500 or more on sports or in the WinBet Casino before the end of this month, July 31st, you'll be entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Win Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are allowed. There is so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bets today. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. And make sure to check out our new Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Discord. We're also brought to you by IPVanish. IPVanish is the official VPN of SGPN, and they're offering 70% off if you go to IPVanish.com backslash SGP. That's IPVanish.com backslash SGP. 
Okay, level with me, listeners. We've all been in a situation at some point in our lives where we're a little tight on cash. Maybe you could only afford to put a few gallons of gas in your tank, or you got another save the date, or you're wondering how to get that special someone a special gift. That's where Dave can help. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Now, Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from the future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for the extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. The future you will thank you. Okay, and we're back. We're talking undervalued players in fantasy football. Me and Will are now moving over to the wide receiver position. Will, who is your first candidate for an undervalued wide receiver? All right, now... Justin, this may or may not catch people by surprise. I got Hollywood Brown. I got Hollywood okay. Brown right now. Um, I think he's being very, very disrespected at wide receiver 22. I got him as my wide receiver 15. So just moving up 15 spots. But I just think, again, we're, this is like the – it seems like it's the theme of the show, right? This is my, like my third player where I, I have to go back to chemistry. So he mm-hmm. has that chemistry with uh, Kyler Murray dating back to their days at Oklahoma. Um, Hollywood Brown, has he dropped passes when he's been in the league? Yes. But I also think that's more so because of Lamar Jackson. Um, mm-hmm. is a quarterback that I, you know, I just don't don't have a lot of belief in as a passer. So I, I like um, Hollywood Hollywood's situation out there in Arizona this year. I think he's going to have a very, very productive season. And I could definitely see him um, surpassing um, a thousand uh, receiving yards this year in that offense, especially with, with, with Hopkins out the first six, the first six weeks. I mean, who else are you going to pass the ball to? Um, right. AJ Green, that, which is, you know, like mm-hmm. about, you know, 30, 37, 38 years old. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really thin when you don't have DeAndre Hopkins there. Uh, I think Marquise Brown drafters are going to be obviously, you know, um, you know, cheering for the production that you get from weeks one through six. You're going to see somewhat of a dip at some point when Hopkins returns. I mean, obviously that makes sense. But in this offense that's just very vertical to begin with, I think it's a very good situation because when Hopkins does come back, it's still going to open up a lot of opportunity because they're going to work into each other's games, similar to like, you know, Allen Robinson and, and Cooper Cup and situations like that, like where you see someone that's just like one of those top talents in the league, you know, against, you know, someone else that you're playing alongside that has shown that they can be the best in the league, right? So last Last year, Marquise Brown was a top 10 player as far as uh, target volume was concerned. I see no reason why he can't pick that up uh, with Kyler Murray. Like you said, like they have that chemistry. Uh, we're seeing that be kind of a theme this offseason. You know, we mentioned uh, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. So I like this situation. I like where Marquise Brown is going. Uh, like I said, vertical offense. You know, he's going to be used creatively, especially those first six weeks. And I feel like playing behind DeAndre Hopkins, it kind of shields him from that top tier um, coverage from you know, opposing defenses. So, yeah, I think it's a very good situation. Let me pull up uh, and see where I have him really quick in my rankings. Yeah, I have, him at, I have him at 15, so I still think that's pretty good. I think it's kind of a coin flip between him and like Tyreek Hill. Like, I'm not really sold on Tyreek Hill being, you know, a top 10 wide receiver. You know, that's the type of draft stock that you're paying for from years past. I have Hill at 14 and Brown at 15. So for me, it's kind of a coin flip between them, you know, probably somewhere in like the, you know, the fourth or fifth round, which I think is really good value. Listen, um, Allen Robinson, man, um, that's uh, that's that's uh, the, the guy right there. Um, I think he's going to have a, a good, great, great season. I think Chicago mm-hmm. Bears fans are going to um, be be upset with the production mm-hmm. that he has. I, I think starting week one, right, week one. I mean, these guys were wanted. To, I think. I, listen, I, I heard some rumblings during games that these guys wanted to. Um, you know, hecklers and booing when he was on the field. So I think that he's definitely mm-hmm. motivated by that. And then again, I mean, it's a, it's a huge, huge upgrade from any quarterback that the Bears have on their on their roster oh, yeah. um, for, to, to Matt Stafford, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, um, Matthew Stafford is going to be that guy is going to get him the ball. And then, you know, earlier when we were going through the through the quarterbacks, you did mention that season where he eclipsed over 5,000 yards, and that was when he had uh, Calvin, uh, Calvin Johnson. Now, I'm not saying he's Calvin Johnson, but he is a big body like Calvin Johnson. Oh, so, yeah. you know, you're, you're looking at somebody that um, – uh, somebody like uh, uh, an Allen Robinson being at six, you know, six four, six five, wasn't on the team mm-hmm. last year for for the Rams. I think he's going to definitely benefit from being in that offense this year. 
Yeah, he's he's at my wide receiver 16, actually, just behind those two that we just discussed in Hill and Brown. Uh, he's being evaluated about wide receiver 23 to 26, and I feel like that's just way too low, especially going into this offense um, that put up so many passing yards. They were 10th in passing volume last year. Obviously, you're seeing the opportunity there with OBJ gone. There are some vacated targets. I believe it's about 117. When he's put up anywhere from like 130 to 140 targets, he's been absolutely elite. And yeah, like you mentioned, like he's been playing with the Bears. Prior to last season, he had two uh, seasons over 1,100 plus receiving yards with Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. Yes, Matthew Stafford is bar none the best quarterback that he's ever had throwing him the ball. To me, you're really getting him at a discount because of the injury history. I recently did a prop article for wide receivers, and Robinson was a main piece. He was at 850 receiving yards. Smash, give me the over. You had mentioned uh, Judy and Sutton potentially going over 100 or over 100, over 1,000 receiving yards. These two are absolutely going to do it in Cup and Robinson. And I'll take that prop all day, twice on Tuesdays. So I think he's in a great situation. And really, that's what you're buying here. Like you're buying the passing offense, you're buying the quarterback. And realistically, I feel like you should fade the injury history. Like I don't think we should be that concerned about it. Anybody drafted from wide receiver 14 to 30 can get hurt at any time. It's it's there's no discrimination on whether you've been hurt, haven't been hurt. When injuries happen, they happen, and that and that's it. And they're completely you know random. It's not just like oh you know this guy's got a history, he came up lame. We've seen it happen all the time where people miss time, come back, play very well. They uh, opposite right? They've been available, they've been healthy, and then poof, they're gone. CMC, Saquon Barkley, th those guys were amazing until they weren't or just weren't available. So really that's all you're betting on this year. Is he going to be available to play in the majority of games? I'm betting on it. And that's why I'm taking him as high as I am. I like it, man. I, I think on. you're spot on with him. I think you're spot on with him. All right. You want to move on to the next guy? Yeah, absolutely. So I got Drake London. Um, okay. and, and, and right now he's being uh, drafted at wide receiver 31, man. But I mean, mm -hmm. with the exception of uh, Kyle Pitts, I mean, I, Again, we don't know who that quarterback is going to be. Let's just say it's uh, uh, Mariota right now in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. But Drake London is a, a, a pure athlete, man. The guy played basketball at USC and was also very productive um, at the wide receiver position. And, um, you know, at, at, at U he was one of the, the, the first or if not the first uh, wide receiver taken off the board. So mm -hmm. right now he's being drafted as wide receiver 31. I got him as my wide receiver 17. Um, they're going to definitely be down, I think, in every single game that they play this season. And so they're going to have to go ahead and pretty much just uh, throw away the running game and, and, mm -hmm. and, and pass the ball. So I think that uh, Drake London and Kyle Pitts is going to be the, 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 the beneficiaries and, and the recipients of, uh, of all those passing uh, yards and targets in Atlanta. So I, I like Drake London at um, wide receiver 17 this year. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. I do think that Mariota is going to be the starter. Uh, as far as the rest of the offense, where's the production going to come from? So I'm I'm right there with you. And I've been loving the training camp footage of him. Like he is he is putting dudes on some posters in camp right now. Um, and these are these are NFL players, like guys that he's going up against. So I like what I'm seeing. Uh, passes the eye test for certain. And, you know, I have him pr pretty much valued at the same space. I have him at wide receiver 30. So I think that you're you are getting him at a discount. I don't know if he's going to have the production to finish like in the, in, the, in the top 20, but I think that he can push for wide receiver two ter territory at some point. I think we'll probably need, you know, a few injuries to, to, to happen, a couple of dominoes to fall for that to be the case. But I, I'm not really too worried about the quarterback position. Um, Marcus Mariota in particular, I have, a, I have a, a side bet with a buddy that he was going to be a starter week one. And he wasn't even on a, on a team yet when we did that. So I'm, I'm very excited about what he can do. I think he's still got a lot left in the tank. Um, and I think that their offense is going to be, you know, interesting. They're not really going to have much of a run game, right? I don't think either of us are buying into any of those running backs. So when you're looking at the roster, I'm like, who can help out my fantasy team here? It's definitely Kyle Pitts, number one. And I think number two is Drank London for sure. So for where they're being drafted, uh, I really can't deny myself, you know, drafting those guys. I probably won't reach up to take Drake London, but I like where he's going, where he can just fall right in my lap, and you know he'll probably have a pretty decent season. I like it, man. I like. It. I mean, listen. Um, I think I'm gonna have to like also check his uh, his props where where it asks for, for receptions because I think it's gonna be pretty low. Um, not only the fact mm -hmm. that he's a he's a he's a uh, a rookie, but then also in the mm -hmm. offense that he's in. But like I said, I just think that outside of him and uh, Kyle Pitts, where else are they gonna get? any production right. on the offensive side. Not to go down the rabbit hole too far, but let's say it's week one. Drake London's posting a five and a half uh, uh, catch total. What, where, where are you going there? 
Ooh, five and a half. I mean, listen, you know, I'm a type of person that I like to um I like to uh buy the hook. So I might have to put that down to, to five. I, I, that hook out it, it always does me in. So I might just have to put him at five. But I think early on is gonna be I, I think around like four, four and a half, and I'm gonna take that number all, all all day. Now, when it goes up to five and a half, I'll buy the hook, man, to bring it down to five. But I I'll feel confident in that because like I right. said, I don't I don't have any 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 um uh belief in, in their running game um mm-hmm. and, and Mariota even though he could come out the backfield I think he's they're going to be in, in trouble and we saw what uh what, what Matt Ryan dealt with last year on the offensive line um mm-hmm. so I think that again like it's going to be Drake London and Kyle Pitts man getting all those right. uh getting all those targets and rightfully so and listen Cordero Patterson I, I don't need him taking away from from my guy so that's why I feel comfortable at the five number when it's at five right. and a half I may have to divert may have to divert yeah I just I have to imagine that this team is going to struggle on the ground a bit. Like I imagine there's going to be like a lot of misdirection used and a lot of unique play calling. It's still Arthur Smith and Marcus Mariota. Like these guys are very familiar with each other. I imagine that they're going to have a game plan where they're going to be able to get some like free runs or some really easy looks, right? But at some point in the game, all that's going to get clogged up. You know, like the, the special play calling stuff always get caught always gets caught at some point and you you're going to wind up getting stalled. So I think they'll have some unique play calling, but who's going to feast the most in there? I'm right there with you, uh, Pitts in London. If that number was at four and a half, I'm smashing. If it's five and a half, I'm taking the under. So I, because I, I felt like when I asked that, I'm like, if I say four and a half, he's got to say the over, right? So I was just like, eh, let's bump it up one. Sports books, I'm available. You know, if, if you're looking for a new uh, number master, <laughs> I'm here. All right, let's move on to our last receiver, and we'll try to keep this one quick. And I think this, you know, the, given the situation, it's a pretty easy one. How the hell is Juju Smith-Schuster? The number one wide receiver right now for the Chiefs after a wide receiver 34. Like, that's a huge discount for me. There's so much opportunity there with Tyreek Hill taking a walk down to Florida, down to Miami. There's 159 vacated targets. You can't tell me that MVS, by, or not Byron Pringle, Mecole Hardman, or uh, even Sky Moore are going to take the majority of the target share. It's probably going to go to Kelsey, but, I mean, can you disagree? Like, is anyone else going to be able to play second fiddle behind him other than Juju? Thank you, Justin. I mean, you're obviously one of those people. I, I so I can just tell right now that you know what you're talking about because a lot of people like to look at Kelsey and they get stuck on that position, the tight end. I'm like, no, it doesn't matter. Don't pay attention to that. His production scream wide receiver mm-hmm. uh, potential. That's why he's drafted yeah. so high. If he's not right. the first tight end to, um, taken off the board, he's definitely the second in the first mm-hmm. or second round, depending on where you're drafted and depending on the format. But right. Juju, we know that he can't, he's already proven, and he may prove it wrong this, this year, but we know he can't be the number one. So Kelsey's definitely the number one in that offense, especially with the with the history that he has with Mahomes. But Juju, mm-hmm. as a number two, he's going to excel. Um, and, and like you said, I mean, Sky Moore and uh, Miko Hartman. I mean, Miko Hartman's been in that offense for a couple of years. I, I, I think that we already know what he's going to be. Yes, exactly. you cannot teach speed, but I mean, Juju Mishushar doesn't not only has speed, but he also has the hands, and, he, and he's a great route runner. So I'm mm-hmm. looking for Juju to have a big, big uh, uh, season this year in, in in Kansas City. And yeah, I mean, that's I think that's probably one of the most disrespectful uh, positions right now as a wide receiver, 34. I mean, out of all all, all the players across every position that we that we went through, that's the most mm-hmm. disrespectful one. I mean, because the guy um, is proven. Yeah, and it's just a great situation. And we've seen him, you know, when he played behind like Antonio Brown in 2018, he had 111 catches, seven receiving touchdowns, and over 1,400 receiving yards. Like he doesn't have to be, you know, the main receiver or best receiver on the team to really come out and make a difference for, you know, the team that he's playing for and for our fantasy teams, right? So I think it's a very good situation. Like I said, you have 159 vacated targets. Any season where Juju has even come even close to that type of production, he's been at least a wide receiver one or two. So getting him at, at even at 18 you know you're you're getting him in the middle of wide receiver two territory I don't think is terrible you know if you if you pull him up your boards I don't I really don't believe in like sharp leagues like if you're playing in a fantasy league and you know with people that have been playing for a while I I cannot imagine Smith Schuster falling to 34 maybe like you know 19 to 24 25 at most I I just I cannot see that happening so right now if you're drafting listeners like you want to attack him in your drafts because the closer we get to draft season and week 1 and you know Labor Day weekend and all that jazz like he's going to climb boards he is going to climb ADP and rankings so get on him at value while you still can all right we're going to round it out here with the tight end position well, my tight ends are like really close with ADP. I, I feel like, you know, when you're getting tight ends and like rounds like 
14 or 13 plus, like it's not really about ADP. It's just about getting like that guy in a good situation. So I'll, I'll start with my guy in Dawson Knox. He went in round 14 plus in this most recent mock. I think that put him at about tight end 13. He's my tight end 11. So it's, it's really not that far off, but I just feel like getting him in round 14 is a huge discount, especially if you're under the premise that like you want to fade tight end and just pick up a couple of pieces at the back end of your draft and really load up on like, you know, running backs, receivers, and get, you know, a lot of exposure to the top quarterbacks and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't really feel like there's a knock on either of my candidates, but is Dawson Knox someone that's on your radar? Like, do you feel like you'll get him at a discount? Yeah, I just think that a lot of things are going to change out there in, in Buffalo, especially with the uh, with the new offense out there. And I know that they mm-hmm. want to do more things with the running game, but Dawson, um, Dawson Knox, I mean, I just feel that he's like the main target when they're in, in the red zone, right? right I mean, yeah. it's 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 somebody that you definitely, you know, you're talking about props. It's definitely somebody that you always have to um, pick up on the anytime touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you could get like a two-plus uh, touchdown per game, I mean, that's even better. So um, I, I like Dawson Knox and I mean, I, I I think that yeah, like to your point, the ADP is um right there. But yeah, I'm I'm high on Dawson Knox, and I think I'm even higher this season than I've been mm-hmm. in the past in the in the previous two, just because uh I think that offense is going to change a little bit, and they're going to um do a, a little bit more things on the uh, on the ground as opposed mm-hmm. to the air. But when they do get to the passing game, I think Dawson Knox is going to be a um a big weapon, especially in the red zone. Yeah, you hit it out of the park there. I mean, I'm on him for all those reasons as well. What I really love about the red zone situation is that he's not really the number one target in the red zone. It's that just Stefan Diggs draws so much coverage down there that the defense is always over accounting for him. They're always bunching up on him. And the next big man target is Dawson Knox. You might see a little bit more of Gabriel Davis in that mix this year, but still like when I'm watching them in the red zone, you you know, you see, you know, Allen making his read to, uh, to, to Diggs. It's not there. And you're just looking at that big body coming across the middle or running a fade to the corner. Like it's a very good situation. And yeah, he's definitely someone that you want on the, on the TD props where you're paying for him in round 14 plus it's practically free. And I'm honestly, I'm willing to start the season with him as my number one tight end. It may not be the best exposure to the position, but at the same time, like that means I'm leveling up more so everywhere else. Right. So if I get him and, you know, maybe one of these other guys that we're about to talk about in the last couple of rounds, where you're really just taking flyers anyways. You know, if if you have reliable starting tight ends that you're getting in your last couple of picks, it's better than, you know, it being like that home run that you're trying to hit on, you know, a fourth or fifth wide receiver. Like, I'm absolutely taking him over, like, Sony Michelle or a Miles Gaskins or something like that. You know, like, someone from a crowded running back room. But, like, oh, like, that's a familiar name type of situation, you know? So I, I think he's a very good uh, value where he's going. Um, let's go over to somebody else. Uh, what's one of your guys you have up here? Yours are pretty interesting. Yeah. So I'm pretty much on on par with you. I mean, these guys are, are, I'm not moving them up that, that much, but I'm just looking at the the situation and, and obviously the addition of, uh, of some quarterbacks. So my first one is going to be Logan Thomas right Mm -hmm. now being drafted as a tight end 18. I got him as my tight end 11. Um, again, last year, if you look at his production, when he was healthy, he was pretty productive. Um, Carson Wentz now being in, uh, in, in for, for the Washington uh, Commanders, um, you know, we know that Wentz can get into, into trouble sometimes. But if you look at his past history, especially when he was a Philly, he does like to favor throwing to tight ends. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that Logan Thomas, you know, again, barring any injuries and he comes back healthy from that knee injury uh, that he sustained last year, he's going to have a pretty good season. So I, I like him. Um, again, he's an athlete, right? He was a quarterback mm-hmm. when he was at Virginia Tech. So the fact that he was able to um, switch over to the tight end position and be um, uh, uh, not only a, a um a good player, but also very, very productive at the tight end position. I like him as my tight end uh, 11. I like Logan Thomas a lot. It's a very good situation. The only thing I worry about is right now he's on the pup list and he, you know, they haven't fully confirmed that he's going to be available early on. So getting him in like the last couple of rounds, I really like that. Um, But don't sleep on his backup in John Bates. I think John Bates, you know, he's going to start the first couple of games of the season. So I, I, for all those reasons, I like that situation. I like the tight end situation uh, for Washington uh, because outside of Terry, you know, you're, you're kind of missing some pieces that are like, you know, 
know, threats, right? Like we're not really sure what we're going to get out of Curtis Samuel, Jayon Dotson. Obviously, there's a lot of hype there. He's a rookie, you know, new shiny, new shiny toy. You know, get Carson Wentz gets to play with, etc. So I think there's some questions there, but I love the tight end position there because yeah, Carson Wentz is going to make those you know easy reads, you know, to to try to make a play, you know, whatever when it all breaks down and he's running for his life, which is what he tends to do. Um, I really like your other one here at Irv Smith. Irv Smith is someone that I uh, got a lot of last year in uh, in Dynasty, and I'm looking forward to what it can bring home because obviously he missed all of last season. A very good situation over there. It sounds like Minnesota is going to get a lot more vertical. Um, getting him at the back end of the draft, he's he's not someone that I feel as comfortable with as, say, like Dawson Knox, but he's someone that I'm comfortable with drafting as, like, my second guy. I don't think you really need to go beyond that, you know, for, like, tight end for 18 rounds. You know, if you get a couple of guys you really believe in, I think you're set. But, yeah, I think Irv Smith is in a very interesting situation. He kind of just smells like that, like, catch first tight end, right? Like, he's not, like, a big blocking guy. Like, he seems more of, like, a vertical threat. Uh, so I'm all in on him. At, at, at 10, eh, my, I don't think you would need to draft him that high. But if you're that high on him, I feel really good about it because he's just someone that I'm really excited about this year. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, I just think that offense is going to look a little bit different um, under mm -hmm. Zimmer. Um, they, they, you know, he was obviously like, no matter what was going on, no matter what the lead or, or the or the score of the time was, he just didn't want to move away from that running game, um, which mm -hmm. obviously was a detriment to that team and, and, and a lot of times got him in trouble. And, and that's why he's no longer the coach there. So I think they're going to definitely look into the passing game again, barring any injuries. I do see uh, Irv Smith uh, being a major part of that offense. Um, out mm -hmm. there, not only with Justin Jefferson, but also Adam Thielen. And then, um, you know, like you said, I don't see him being in a lot of situations where they're going to depend on him to block. So I like right. him to be in a lot of packages where they go ahead and uh, look for him to, to catch the ball um, in that offense this year. Yeah, definitely someone I'm interested to see how he gets used in the in the red zone as, as a pass catcher. That That's going to be interesting. Um, last guy up here, we've kind of talked about him a little bit already, is Albert Okubanam of the Denver Broncos. Everyone's been talking up Greg Dulwich, I felt like, the past couple of weeks. Uh, looks like he's now dealing with a hamstring injury. I don't know. I feel like, you know, the stock for Okubanam keeps going up and down and up and down. Like, you know, in, in the early in the offseason when you're doing startups, like you could get him like the second to last round, the last round. He's definitely climbing up more so. Um, definitely still a late round target. Someone I trust. Like I'm, I'm ready to let him let him fly as my starter. I think I'm definitely exposing myself to more risk there. I, I mentioned how I don't like to do that, um, just because you know he may not be like an elite target guy, but I feel like he's going to get the right targets. A lot of red zone usage, a lot of easy dink and dunks underneath, and he's been impressive. Like in just the short amount of time that we've seen him play, and the Denver Broncos value him. Like they got rid of Noah Fant, who I think is a very capable tight end. I feel like it's kind of a coin flip in the draft where those two are going. Like you could still go with Noah Fant in Seattle or Okubanam in Denver. Uh, just a situation that I really like. We've seen Russ kind of like lean on his tight ends in the past. And I think it's a very good situation for him. Just an improved offense in, in totality. So yeah, where I'm getting him, I'm, let me pull up and see the, the, the round that he went in. I think it was 15 or 16, but the guys that he's going around, I feel like are, are very similar. Where where you round 15. Irv Smith went right before him. Hunter Henry went after him. I would take him right up there with Dawson Knox and kind of the tight ends that went ahead of both of those guys, you know, like Mike Gusecki, uh, Pat Fryermuth, Noah Fant. I would prioritize Knox and Okubanam over that group and probably just an edge over Irv Smith just because I'm a little timid about the injury coming back from it. Uh, but, yeah, he's someone that I'm, I'm right there with, you know, pretty close to the top ten. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, and you, and you touched on it uh Russell Wilson, his whole career pretty much uh, just relies on his tight ends. Um, you know, he had some big name um, tight ends out there in um, in Seattle, Jimmy Graham to, 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 to name one, but then also there's some other, you know, uh, tight ends that haven't had a, a great season or posted up big numbers when they left Seattle. Um, mm -hmm. Or when, you know, when when Russell Wilson is not the quarterback, I think that this guy, you know, again, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name, but I think Albert O <laughs> or A.O. is going to have a great season out there in Denver. Um, and he's going to be a recipient of pretty much of a Russell Wilson pretty much making stuff happen outside of the pocket when he's able to sc scramble and he's going to, you know, get get the guys that's going to be open and the closest one. Uh, a lot of times it's going to be either a running back or my guy Albert mm -hmm. O. Yeah, absolutely. And he's in a really good situation where he can come off of blocks as well because he is used uh, heavily in the blocking game as well as the receiving game. So I feel like he's just going to be on the field a lot. Like he's going to log a lot of snaps, and that's why I'm so interested in him. Um, 
kind of a little bonus, and we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, Gerald Everett, uh, in our mock here that we have in front of us, he was not drafted in 18 rounds. Uh, disrespect. Uh, going to a great offense. Very good situation. He's been a vertical tight end you know, pretty much his whole career. Super athletic. He's my tight end tw uh, 12. So, yeah, not being drafted in an 18-round super flex. Uh, shame on y'all. Shame on y'all. Yeah, that, that's 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 uh, that's huge, man. That's huge that he wasn't drafted at all. So I'm gonna have to see here with my last pick and uh, Scott Fishbowl where we uh, where we end up and if I can grab him if he's available. Oh yeah, absolutely. If he's if he's on the board for sure, I have to imagine he'd be gone like four or five rounds out of the, before the last round. Not sure where he went in mine. My uh, Scott Fishbowl tight ends were. Uh, why aren't they coming to me? I think I did actually get uh, Alberto in there. Albert O, I think, is on about, I don't know, 90 or 80% of my teams. Yeah, TJ Hawkinson, Albert O, and Ricky Seals-Jones were my Scott Fishbowl tight ends. And I took Ricky Seals' uh, second-to-last pick. So definitely still some value back there in the, the 21st and 22nd round for sure. Oh, Ricky All Seals, right. yeah, now playing with the uh, with the Giants. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, still, he's still available. Might have to pick him up right here in the last round. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't hate that. Just you know, getting a starting tight end in the, in the last round. That's all. You know, like getting a starting player. My last pick was Miles Gaskin. Like I think that's a little, obviously a little bit more risky, but you know, an injury or two happens, and he could be right back in there getting a regular bit of production, regular touches. So it's the last pick. You know, if, if someone's going to get dropped, it's probably those last couple of picks. So, all right, cool. Well, we are going to head out. Appreciate everyone that rode with us this episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at SGPN Fantasy. Will, where can everybody find you? Everybody can find me on Twitter at biasedopinions underscore. Again, that's uh, at biasedopinions underscore on Twitter. Awesome. And you can find me at T-I-T-T-H-J-B on Twitter and also follow the mothership at Gambling Podcast, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, take care. Be well. Be good. And if you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.